Chapter thirty five of April's Lady. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Monica Raleigh. Why should two hearts in one breast lie and yet not lodge together? O oh, love, where is thy sympathy? if thus our breasts you seever well did you like the gallery asks mrs monkton throwing aside her book to greet joyce as she returns from doré's it is next day and barbara had let the girl go to see the pictures without telling her of her meeting with felix the evening before she had been afraid to say anything about him lest that guilty secret of hers might transpire that deliberate betrayal of joyce's intended visit to bond street on the morrow if joyce had heard that she would in all probability have defeated her going there forever and it was such a chance mrs monkton who in her time had said so many hard words about matchmakers as most women have and who would have scorned to be classed with them had promoted and desired this meeting of felix and joyce with all the energy and enthusiasm of which she was capable but that joyce should suspect her of the truth is a fear that terrifies her very much so did tommy he's very graphic in his remarks says joyce sinking listlessly into a chair and taking off her hat she looks vexed and preoccupied i think he gave several very original ideas on the subjects of the pictures to doze around they seemed impressed you know how far above the foolish feeling mauvaise honte he is his voice like a silver clarion rung excelsior was outdone everybody turned and looked at him with i hope he was noisy says mrs monkton nervously with admiration i was going to say but you wouldn't let me finish my sentence oh yes he was quite a success one old gentleman wanted to know if he would accept the part of art critic in his paper it was very exciting she leans back in her chair the troubled look on her face growing intensified she seems glad to be silent and with downcast eyes plays with the gloves lying in her lap something has happened joyce says her sister going over to her something is happening always returned joyce with a rather impatient smile yes but to you just now you are sure to make me tell you sooner or later says miss kavanagh and even if i didn't tommy would i met mr dysart at that gallery to-day felix says mrs monkton feeling herself an abominable hypocrite yet afraid to confess the truth something in the girl's whole attitude forbids the confession at this moment at all events yes well well he was glad to see you darling very tenderly was he i don't know he looked very ill he said he had had a bad cough he's coming to see you you were kind to him joyce i didn't personally insult him if you mean that oh no i don't mean that you know what i mean he was ill unhappy you did not make him more unhappy it is always for him cries the girl with jealous anger is there never to be a thought for me am i nothing to you am i never unhappy why don't you ask if he was kind to me was he ever unkind 
well you can forget he said dreadful things to me dreadful i'm not likely to forget them if you are after all they did not hurt you joyce yes i know i know everything you would say i am ungrateful abominable but he was unkind to me he said what no girl would ever forgive and yet you have not one angry word for him never mind all that says mrs monkton soothingly tell me what you did to-day what you said as little as possible defiantly i tell you i don't want ever to see him again or hear of him i think i hate him and he looked dying she stops here as if finding a difficulty about saying another word she coughs nervously then recovering herself and as if determined to assert herself anew and show how real is the coldness that she has declared yes dying i think she says stubbornly oh i don't think he looked as bad as that says barbara hastily unthinkingly filled with grief not only at this summary dismissal of poor felix from our earthly sphere but for her sister's unhappiness which is as plain to her as though no little comedy had been performed for the concealment of it you don't repeats joyce lifting her head and directing a piercing glance at her you what do you know about him why you just said stammers mrs monkton and then breaks down ignominiously you knew he was in town says joyce advancing to her and looking down on her with clasped hands and a pale face barbara speak you knew he was here and never told me you with a sudden fresh burst of inspiration sent him to that place to-day to meet me oh no dearest no indeed he himself can tell you it was only that he ask where i was going to at such and such an hour and you told him she is still standing over poor mrs monkton in an attitude that might almost be termed menacing i didn't i assure you joyce you are taking it all quite wrongly it was only oh only only says the girl contemptuously do you think i can't read between the lines i'm sure you believe you are sticking to the honest truth barbara but still well bitterly i don't think he profited much by the information you gave him your deception has given him small satisfaction i don't think you should speak to me like that says mrs monkton in a voice that trembles perceptibly i don't care what i say cries joyce with a sudden burst of passion you betray me he betrays me all the world seem arrayed against me and what have i done to anybody she throws out her hands protestingly joyce darling if you would only listen listen i am always listening it seems to me to him to you to every one i am tired of being silent i must speak now i trusted you barbara and you have been bad to me do you want to force him to make love to me that you tell him on the very first opportunity where to find me and in a place where i am without you or any one to will you try to understand says mrs monkton with a light stamp of her foot her patience going as her grief increases he cross-examined me as to where you were and what would be and i-i told him i wasn't going to make a mystery of it or you was i i told him that you were going to the dore gallery to-day with tommy 
how could i know he would go there to meet you he never said he was going you are unjust joyce both to him and to me do you mean to tell me that for all that you didn't know he would be at that place to-day turning flashing eyes upon her sister how could i know unless a person says a thing right out how is one to be sure what he is going to do oh that is unlike you it is unworthy of you says joyce turning from her scornfully you did know and it is not turning back again and confronting the now thoroughly frightened barbara with a glance full of pathos it is not that your insincerity that hurt me so much it is i didn't mean to be insincere you are very cruel you do not measure your words you will tell me next that you meant it all for the best with a bitter smile that is the usual formula isn't it well never mind perhaps you did what i object to is you didn't tell me that i was kept designedly in the dark both by him and you am i with sudden fire a child or fool that you should seek to guide me so blindly well drawing a long breath i won't keep you in the dark when i left the gallery and your protege i met mr beauclerc mrs monkton stunned by this intelligence remained silent for a full minute it is death to her hopes if she has met that man again it is impossible to know how things have gone his fatal influence her unfortunate infatuation for him all will be ruinous to poor felix's hopes you spoke to him asked she at last in an emotionless tone yes was felix with you when when you met that odious man mr beauclerc no i dismissed mr dyside as soon as ever i could no doubt and mr beauclerc did you dismiss him as promptly certainly not there was no occasion no inclination either you were kind to him at all events it is only to the man who is honest and sincere that you are deliberately uncivil i hope i was uncivil to neither of them there is no use giving yourself that air with me joyce you are angry with me but why only because i am anxious for your happiness oh that hateful man how i detest him he has made you unhappy once he will certainly make you unhappy again i don't think so says joyce taking up her hat and first with the evident intention of leaving the room and thus putting an end to the discussion you will never think so until it is too late you haven't the strength of mind to throw him over once and for all and give your thoughts to one who is really worthy of you on the contrary you spend your time comparing him favourably with the good and faithful felix you should put that down it will do for his tombstone says miss kavanagh with a rather uncertain little laugh at all events it would not do for mr beauclerc's tombstone though i wish it would and that i could put it there at once i shall tell freddy to read the commandments to you says joyce with a dreary attempt at mirth you have forgotten your duty to your neighbour it is all true however you can't deny it joyce you are deliberately wilfully throwing away the good for the bad i can't bear to see it i can't look on in silence and see you thus miserably destroying your life how can you be so blind darling appealing to her with hands and voice and eyes 
such determined folly would be strange in any one stranger far in a girl like you whose sense has always been above suspicion did it ever occur to you asked joyce in a slightly bantering tone that but ill conceals the nervousness that is consuming her that you might be taking a wrong view of the situation that i was not so blind after all that i-what was it you said that i spent my nights and days comparing the merits of mr beauclerc with those of your friend felix dysart to your friend's discomfiture now suppose that i did thus waste my time and gave my veto in favour of mr dysart how would it be then it might be so you know for all that he or you or any one could say it is not so light a matter that you should trifle with it says mrs monkton with a faint suspicion of severity in her soft voice no of course not you are right miss kavanagh moves towards the door after all barbara looking back at her that applies to most things in this sad old world what matter under heaven can we poor mortals dare to trifle with not one i think all bear within them the seeds of grief or joy sacred seeds both carrying in their bosoms the germs of eternity even when this life is gone from us we will still face veal or woo still we need not make our own woo says barbara who is a sturdy enemy to all pessimistic thoughts wait a moment joyce she hurries after her and lays her hand on the girl's shoulder will you come with me next wednesday to see lady monkton lady monkton why i thought yes i know i would not take you there before because she had not expressly asked to see you but to-day she made a-she sent you a formal message at all events she said she hoped i would bring you when i came again is that all of it asks joyce gazing at her sister with a curious smile that has troubled but has still some growing sense of amusement in it what an involved statement surely you have forgotten something that mr dysart was standing near you for example and will probably find that it is absolutely imperative that he should call on lady monkton next wednesday too don't set your heart on that barbara i think after my interview with him to-day he will not want to see lady monkton next wednesday End of chapter thirty five recording by monica Rolly.